Okay, hard to think about the future earnings when we got Apple coming out in 30 minutes, but always uh, worth getting prepared early. We've got some important reopened names giving us updates uh, in the next five days. Andrew Boone joins us from JMP Securities, Managing Director and Equity Research Analyst, covering Uber and a few others here that we got to get ready for to kind of tell us the status of the reopening. Let's talk Uber first, Andrew. It's been a really, really rough year for this stock. Uh, getting a lot of love today, though. Uh, broad market lift, or do you think this is optimism specifically into earnings? You know, I, I think it's a broad market lift. Um, I'm, I'm not going to call that it's a specific sector move in terms of anything that's new out for Uber today. Um, more yeah, it's not much. We think this is really an opportunity in terms of longer-term holders, uh, given the fact that we think mobility is starting to come back. Remember here that mobility is the main driver in terms of overall profitability. That's where the highest margin portion of the business sits. Um, and so as open table data comes out and it's more positive, as people are returned to the airports, as travel comes back, as business travel specifically comes back, you can start to expense more rides. Um, we think this really sets Uber up well for 2022. So Uber, uh, over the last couple of years, really interesting to see the way this played out during COVID uh, because of the uh, employment and labor imbalance, where a lot of people just stopped driving Uber uh, and uh, the prices went way, way up. I say this as a consumer of it nearly every day in multiple directions that uh, got to the point where couldn't do it just didn't make sense economically. Uh, we're talking like six, seven times a normal $7 trip was suddenly 35 on a regular basis. I mean, it seems to me that that told us something important. I know a weird COVID dynamic, but uh, is this business gonna get all those drivers to come back? Are they gonna be able to bring prices down to something reasonable? Because the cabs in Chicago have been looking beautiful, Andrew, nine bucks, no matter where you wanna go. And they're uh, cleaner, no, the better. And they realize that they got competition now as opposed to 10 years ago. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I can't speak to your experience, but more broadly, I do think that if I think about the, the headwinds to overall supply, I think it has come back. Um, you know, we recently highlighted a note that came out from Marquetta and Branch that talked about inflation just driving higher consumer costs overall. And that's leading to more people spending more time within the gig economy. So people are actually looking for opportunities to earn more given inflation. You know, the, the other component of that is that Uber spent a lot last year on incentives and they really drove in the back half of last year, more dollars to drivers. Um, you know, the labor market has been tight. There's no doubt about that. But as you start to look to 2022, again, I, I don't think that's a newer concern and Uber has already made the investments last year that sets themselves up well for continued supply gains in 2020. Uh, what about um, the spring uh, um, uh, developments this last couple months so far this year from the uh, regulatory side and uh, the legal side? I mean, it seems like it's kind of a state to state case. One of them that caught my attention was uh, uh, earlier in the year as uh, Washington started uh, uh, implementing the state of Washington uh, signs uh, some new pay agreements between uh, Uber, Lyft and how they interact with drivers. Are these, how is Uber doing on the legal front? Are they winning? Are they losing? Are they keeping their head above water? You know, it started last year in California uh, where Uber fought their own basic proposition along with Lyft as well as DoorDash and, and Postmates. Um, and what ended up happening with Uber winning that the, the voter, the, the proposition amongst the voters 
um, is that a number of states have just seen Uber more favorably. They understand that if they do take something to the ballot, that ride sharing is something that consumers value. And, and they understand that as long as Uber is willing to do you know, something that's, that's more generous in terms of drivers, uh, the, the voter generally sides with, with Uber as well as drivers more broadly, given the fact that they want to be independent contractors. Um, you know, that's played out in London. They recently got extended there. I, I hear you on Washington. I think that there are some additional tailwinds in terms of costs moving higher, uh, just given the fact that Uber is paying for more benefits for drivers. But uh, again, um, you've seen in California, I think there's inflation across the entire consumer sector. And so Uber provides a real value. If you're in the city, I still don't think there's a difference between whether you're going to buy a car or whether you're going to continue to use Uber. Yeah. Generally speaking, the economics favor Uber still. Okay, we got two minutes. I definitely want to ask about Airbnb, but one last one on Uber here. Yeah. Uh, how does the self-driving potential of autonomous vehicles factor into your models for Uber? Uh, do the bull, does the bull case for Uber rest on that being an important part of their story? I don't think so. Okay. Um, if I think about AVs being, I, I don't know, five years out, 10 years out, how, how, when do we get to level five? Um, yes, Waymo just talked about the first people taking their own, you know, you're in the car by yourself within San Francisco uh, for the first time. It is spreading. I still don't think that we're at a point where you have a wide self-driving network that affects anything that, that I'm gonna put into a model anytime, anytime soon. Okay, tell me about your Airbnb model. Uh, this is a, a one that I think everybody's got a lot of hopes for uh, in terms of like growth, disruptive businesses. The chart still has held up a lot better than in other categories of uh, arguable technology. Uh, but uh, this is still a travel business at the end of the day, so I imagine it should be pretty good this summer. You know, one of we just put together a travel preview, and one of my favorite stats coming off of that is that Amex on their call talked about travel and entertainment spend now being at 2019 levels in March. Right? If you think about e-commerce, MasterCard reported that it was down 3% for March. You just have this huge consumer shift to service. And so what that means for, for our coverage universe is that we are favoring service providers, right? Going back to Uber, more people are eating out, more people are traveling. And again, thinking about Airbnb, thinking about booking, Expedia, thinking about um, Focasa, Sonder, other companies that we cover within the space. You know, we think 1Q is gonna be, it's, it's gonna be good in terms of the top line. Um, as specific to Airbnb, one of the big stats that came out was just that you had this massive influx of second home purchases in 2021. And so what we're starting to see is just more listings overall. That was a big bear case for Uber historically is just, hey, you're not getting the supply. You're getting the pricing, you're getting the demand, but ultimately you're gonna get trapped on the other half of the market, which is just not enough houses are coming aboard. We're now starting to see that. So AirDNA talked about 25% listing growth for the US for March you now have supply better matching demand and we continue to favor our Airbnb within that dynamic. Okay, great stuff, Andrew. All right, uh, some nice positive uh, language for us here on the consumer comeback, appreciate it. Thanks, Alper. Sure thing, Andrew Boone, joining us from JMP Securities. Ernie coming out uh, over the next week for pretty much all of them as uh, we prepare for uh, Apple this afternoon.